Hey, it's Adam from Splendid Sports. There's something I've been toying around with. I've had it in draft mode, been tweaking it for the last few months. And that is what you see here. The Splendid 77 Vintage Sports Card Index. This came about in my head. I've been a card ladder pro user, subscriber for a decent period of time now. And one of the many things that I really like about card ladder is they have indexes. So they have uh, a bunch of different indexes to help get a good feel for where the sports card pricing market is at. They have the card ladder 50, which is 50 sports cards that span, you know, there's some vintage in there, there's some modern, ultra modern, and, uh, you know, it, it, it helps you get a good feel for the overall sports card market. And then there's high end indexes, low end, mid end, there's basketball, baseball, football, entertainment cards. They have a great selection of indexes, but one of the things, that I noticed a few months back, I said, you know, there's no vintage sports card index. And so, yeah, I just started playing around with it. And I was happy to see a few days back, this is what actually gave me the kick in the butt to go live with this thing, is uh, a, a YouTube channel, Wade Boggs Fan, in collaboration, I believe, with BenchClear Media, came out with a, a vintage baseball card index. So it's vintage baseball only, and it's 100 of the uh, you know most popular vintage baseball cards. And I, I was really happy to see that. And I said, I, this is a good time to put the, the Splendid 77 Vintage Sports Card Index up. And you know the, the reason I really started putting it together is I've always had an interest, not the primary interest, but there has been an interest to watch the prices of sports cards over time. You know, there's been a debate and there's still that debate. Are vintage sports cards something that will continue over time to appreciate and value. If we look back 20 years from now, will the prices of vintage sports cards overall be higher than they are right now? Some people feel, yes, that will continue to happen over time. And then there's others who feel like they'll reach a point in time when that will stop. And vintage sports cards like Mickey Mantle cards, Stan Musial, Bill Russell, some of the cards that you'll see in this index here, they'll reach a period of time when those will start to come down in value. There's different, different reasons and, and theories why, but it's all just opinions, right? But the only way to really know for sure is to look at the data. And so the idea behind this is to track 77 vintage sports cards that I selected and to look at those, the, the prices of those cards, how they move over time. So it's not it's not going to be even though card ladder does provide you daily updates on these the idea will be monthly to take a look monthly and hopefully for many many years keep an eye on on this index and see where the prices go uh so you know why card ladder i've i've looked at a few of the other options for sports card analytics sports card data you know there's uh vintage card prices there's market movers card hedge and I'm happy that all of those are around because any new businesses or products that help collectors in the sports card industry, I'm all for. And competition's good. For me, I just feel like Card Ladder, uh, and again, I, I can't, I'm not knocking any of the other ones because I really haven't, other than just kind of browse the website and maybe done a free trial here and there, uh, I haven't used them in depth like I have Card Ladder. But what really attracted me to Card Ladder and kept me with Card Ladder was, Number one, the, the uh, user experience. 
I'm, I'm a sucker for a good user experience and a, and a good design and feel of a website or app. And I feel like card ladder far and away is, is better than any of the others in that area. Uh, just, you know, you just get the, the good vibe when you have a simple brain like me, you need something that's easy and, and user friendly. Uh, so that for me is they're by far and away number one. And, you know, it, it, it just to give a sports card industry example, I will take a little dig at it and I only do it because I know they're building a new website. So pretty soon this won't even be relevant. But if you ever go to the Beckett website, and I think Beckett, I've heard them admit this themselves. So if you ever go to the Beckett website, you'll get a vibe that it's an old website, right? You'll just get that vibe that, you know, for me, I always say, like, if you want to if you want to be nostalgic about websites from 1999, just go to the Beckett website. And again, they're, they're building a new one. So soon that won't be a joke that they have to brunt. But the card ladder website and app is kind of got that opposite feel for me. It feels like something that's fresh and new and is constantly being updated and worked on. So I, I really like it from that perspective. But the biggest thing by far um, of why I use card ladder and use card ladder specifically for this index too is their sales data. I'm actually going to pull up their uh, website here. Let me just share the screen. But what I'm going to show you here on the card ladder website is the marketplaces that they pull data and sales history from. Okay. So this is right off card ladders homepage. For me, I feel like you can get the most accurate data on card prices when you're when you're able to see where where that card's selling in a in a variety of different places. So it's not just eBay, right? If you're just pulling data from eBay, you know, a, a few years ago, that would be okay because eBay probably had, I don't know the percentage, but the large, large majority of the sales. And they still do have the majority of sales. But look at all these other marketplaces now that are growing that card ladder pulls from. Auction houses, which I think are incredibly important for tracking vintage card sales. I think their newest one was Love of the Game auctions. So I think there's about 14 different marketplaces, REA, Heritage, MySlabs, PWCC, Golden, of course, eBay. But they're pulling sales data from all those different places. So let's pull this back here. Let me go back to the index. So that for me was the, the big winner, being able to pull all that data. Let me share it again. Okay. So that, that's why I chose Card Ladder. I've really enjoyed using them. I feel like you can get the most accurate data from them through all those different sales and marketplaces. And what you'll notice here in the index there, again, I, I wanted to do, the majority is going to be baseball because baseball, you know, is, is the big player in the vintage card market, but I didn't want to leave out the other sports because I'm a fan of those other sports, especially basketball and football. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I did feel like it was necessary to at least get some hockey in there. And what you'll see here is all the cards are, are PSA graded. So the reason I chose PSA, simply put, you know, I'm a big SGC fan too. I grade, have graded with both companies. I buy graded cards from, from SGC and PSA. So I really don't have a bias there as much as 
PSA just has the highest populations by far out there of vintage cards, and they have the most sales because of that. So that's that's what is really important for this index. It, it doesn't really benefit the index that much if you have a card in a, in a grade or in a grading company that doesn't sell that much. So PSA for that reason was just the uniform choice that we're, we're going to use for this index. Uh, and, and the grades itself themselves are important because you'll see like these cards here. They're not, we're not doing uh, gem mint 10s or PSA 8s and 9s for most of these cards. Uh, most of these cards are what you're going to see uh, is commonly referred to as collector grade. Uh, not all of them, but, you know, generally a collector grade is going to be like, uh, if it's from the 40s, it will be a PSA 4. If it's from the 50s, PSA 5, 60s, PSA 6, and so on, around in that range. Now, not, not that's going to not going to be uniform, but as a general rule, that's pretty close to what we have. There's going to be certain cards like the 52 Tops Mantle. Just for various reasons, we went with a PSA 1 with that one. Just based on the pricing of that card, the population, but also the sales. You know, you're going to have, generally have more sales in that PSA 1 as you're going to see if we did like a PSA 6 or 7 or even a 5 or 6. Uh, so there, in some cards, it made more sense to lower the grade or even raise the grade in some cases. But there's a few cards here that don't sell that much, like the George Mikan card here, very, very low population, but it's such an important card in the vintage basketball hobby. You know, I think in like the last year, there's been two or three sales of it in that grade in the PSA four. So as a general rule, I think, you know, as long as the card is selling at least a couple times a year, it made sense for the index. But ideally, and this is the case with most of the cards that you're going to see in this index here, uh, a lot of these are selling every month, multiple times a month, and some of them are selling like, you know, double digits every month. And that's that's what we're looking for. I want to have a good transaction history so that we can get an accurate feel of the market through these cards. Not all of them are going to be rookie cards. There's some second year cards here, or like in this case, Jackie Robinson 56, there's some final year cards. Same with, there was a Mickey Mantle in here of his um, 69 card that uh, was his final playing days card. But a lot of them are rookie cards. Probably most of them here are gonna be rookie cards. There are, if we go back to the top real quick, 44 baseball cards, 17 basketball, 12 football, and four hockey cards. And they range, they start, we go back as far as 1933. I know there'll be some, you know, Ty Cobb and Joe Jackson collectors, Christy Matheson, that would think that, you, you know, we should go back that far. And that there's probably a good case for that. For me, you know, we had to, I had to limit this thing somewhere. And obviously sales, amount of sales comes into play in populations. And the further back you go, it just becomes a little harder to do that. But hey, maybe someone will come up with a pre-war sports card index just with those cards. That would be great. I think the more indexes we can have for vintage cards, the better. That that was the whole idea here. Again, when I saw Wade Boggs fan John and and BenchClear Media, uh, Mike come out with their baseball index, I was very happy because, again, there hasn't really been this. You've seen it for everything else, but not vintage. Vintage is, seems like it's just been overlooked. Uh, so I think the more indexes you can come up with, the better because it will just it's just more data, more content that people can can view. And the, the more 
you know, really uh, coverage we can give a vintage sports cards. Maybe it will help create some even some even new collectors. Uh, so we decided 1933 was a good place to start with Babe Ruth. So we could get Babe Ruth and Gehrig in there. And the, the 33 Gaudis, obviously, uh, such an important set. So wanted to hit that one. Uh, and probably a common question is, uh, why 77? <laughs> well, uh, it's pretty pretty uh, simple and not a lot of logic to it. But you know, I was thinking of doing 75. So it would be the splendid 75. Uh, I, I didn't want to go up to 100 just probably because of laziness, but I figured 75 was good. And then I figured, you know what? Seven's my favorite number. I'm a Mickey Mantle collector. Let's do 77. And so that's where I settled in on it. I think, you know, it, it could be a hundred. You could do 500. You could do 50. It, it really, um, you know, it's, it's really up to the user and, and, the, and the person building it. It's uh, I think 77 though, and having a variety of sports will give us a good feel and uh, at least give us a guideline of where the market's at. Nothing's going to be exact, especially with vintage, because, uh, you know, a vintage card in a PSA 3, one time it could sell for $2,000, then it could sell for $4,000 if it's perfectly centered, or there's going to be a wide variety. But then I, I think that's why it's important to have cards that transact a lot, and, and ideally on this monthly basis. Because over time, that will sort of even out but if you had an index with cards that sell once every six months or once a year or less, it's not going to give you a good feel for it because, again, the vintage cards, the same same grade, same card can have a wide variety of, of sales. But if there's enough of them, they'll help you with with um, figuring it out over time. Uh, just to scroll through the rest of this. Like you see, these are really just in my opinion, some of the most popular cards in vintage uh, from across different sports. We've got all the four major sports included here. And, you know, as a, as a general rule, usually people will call vintage 1980s the stopping point and on back. And, and I, I did that with baseball. So the 80 tops Ricky Henderson is the final vintage baseball card. But because basketball and football, they just don't have as high of uh, populations of, or, or, or excuse me, as many vintage cards that are really popular and iconic. Uh, I figured I wanted to get the 81 Montana in there and then 80, 81 Bird and Magic first solo cards. Those are actually their second year cards, but they're so important to vintage basketball that I wanted to. I moved that that start that ending point up to 1981 so we could get those cards in there too. So again, that's going to be about it. Uh, I'm going to track this on a monthly basis. So if you're not uh, subscribed to the YouTube channel or follow the Splendid Sports uh, pages on Twitter and, and Instagram, if you if you do that, uh, you'll get updated on when I do these monthly videos where I go over. As you can see here, the, there's going to be a couple things we'll look at. One is the card ladder value. So the total card ladder value of the entire collection of 77 cards. we got to have a starting point. So June 19th of 2022, just a few days ago, that was when I officially went live with this collection or this index. And the total value of that collection on that date was $368,113.22. 
And then the index value, which is, which is basically just that number, the total number divided by 77, comes out to 4,781. So those are the two numbers, along with, we'll look at individual cards too, as they uh, go up or down over time. But from an index perspective, we're gonna look at that total number and the index value and see how those perform over time. Over, over month, over month, and then hopefully over years, we'll take a look at these numbers and maybe be able to answer that question better if vintage sports cards are a good quote unquote investment 